my name is Luke John Louis. I'm the host of the Deep Voice Man Show, and uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Uh, our guest is Nigel Davy, and he is someone who owns and runs uh, SME Needs as the name of his firm. Uh, he called himself a virtual marketing director, and he helps busy business owners grow their business through smarter, measured marketing. Uh, he works mainly with B2B firms in a widening mix of sectors, and uh, he gets a kick out of helping people. And his recent results uh, include um, helping a services firm double their turnover in less than three years and helping an IT firm add a million pounds a year to turnover in six years. So uh, we are very fortunate to have him here. He was able to carve out some time in his packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are very blessed. And so um, I guess to start off, um, we'd love to know your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today. Um, yeah, no problems, and, and great to be here, Luke. Thanks for um, inviting me on. Um, <laughs> how far back do you want to go? Um, I, I very, very quickly. I spent many, many years in uh, in retail, in food retail, um, before moving into uh, market research, um, and then actually moved from there into IT services. So worked for an IT mm. services business for a number of years. Um, before they very cruelly made me redundant, there was a bit of a personality clash um, with with a with a new chairman. So um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and him chairman right. me not me not there anymore. Um, right. And so it was it was at that point I go well what do I do? Um, and mm. I've always loved working with small businesses. Um, I was pretty good at that the sort of the marketing thing so I sort of put the two together and um, that's where SME Needs was born um, it's all about helping small businesses with their marketing because because they need it and they haven't got the resources to be able mm-hmm. to um, employ their own marketing director Wow that's amazing and it's interesting how you made the transition uh, from being an employee to an entrepreneur now you originally had worked in food retail uh, which sounds lovely to me because I love food. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, and then you went to from IT services, and then um, obviously you're having some issues that's not uncommon for a lot of employees. Not obviously not getting along with the management, but decided to be your own boss and doing what you love. Now they say when you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life, which is amazing. It seems like you're, you're doing something that's your true calling. Uh, which is not many people can say that you're working on marketing and which you know a lot about and helping small businesses, which you care a lot about doing, which is amazing. And so you help um, business owners with marketing. Now, obviously business owners, they know a lot about running their business and helping customers. Uh, They may not know a lot about social media and SEO and things of that nature. So that's where you sort of come in. They sort of outsource their marketing department to you. And you help yeah. them with marketing, and you obviously get them results. Um, so that's amazing. Um, I, I actually love it when people make the transition from being an employee to entrepreneur. So many people are scared to make that leap. Uh, I know I'm I'm a little fearful of making that leap. I, I've made that leap recently, uh, but it just it's so beneficial uh, when you work for yourself. You don't have to deal with politics and whatnot, and a manager that you don't really mesh well with. Um, now. You've been doing this for a number of years, helping a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm curious. Now, obviously, a lot of things have turned upside down with the pandemic. 
Um, how would you describe the current state of businesses and entrepreneurship and marketing, and what challenges has the pandemic posed? Um, so over here, it's, it really does vary. There are, obviously, there are some companies that have done extremely well, um, mm-hmm. particularly those with a, with a sort of online or e-commerce presence have been mm-hmm. able to, to do very well. Other companies such as those in hospitality and, and that sort of area are, are really, really suffering. So I, I've got right. one client in, in the hospitality um, industry and whilst they've kept the, that marketing activity going and they're now mm-hmm. starting to see bookings coming in and everything else, um, they've, they've not generated a penny in months. So, um, wow. so it has been really, really difficult for for a lot of businesses. Um, having said that, we are I think we are seeing um, people start to emerge. So certainly, we're seeing a lot of sort of new inquiries coming in. Um, so people that are now looking to start marketing and start talking to their target audience and their customer base mm-hmm. again. Um, personally, we've been really lucky. Um, we've had, we haven't lost any clients um, oh, wow. over over the pandemic period because I think most of them have taken the approach that as long as they keep making some noise at the point right. that people start to buy again, um, right? They'll be they'll be the people that get remembered. So we we've we've done a lot of that type of brand awareness maintenance wow. type work as, as well as more of these, obviously the lead generation piece. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, you have actually had uh, clients that have somewhat uh, have hung on and stayed with you. And so yep. that, that's incredible. Uh, I would never have actually guessed that. And obviously, uh, as you said before, some businesses are doing well, but others are obviously suffering. Now you mentioned a lot of firms in the hospitality industry, they haven't seen a penny in, in months. Um, I, can, I can only imagine how can a firm continue to be a, an ongoing concern uh, you know, <laughs> for that long uh, mm. with no money coming in. So I, I can see why that could be tough. Now, obviously, you help uh, these firms stay afloat and whatnot, and, uh, and I'm sure you've probably helped a lot of firms probably stay in business by continuing to market. But I'm curious, uh, where do you see things in the future? Obviously, there'll be a world where the pandemic will go away or mostly go away, um, and hopefully with the distri- distribution of the vaccine, that will come sooner rather than later. Um, I'm curious, where do you see things going in the future, and where do you see yourself in that future? Um, I think the, the future is going to return to some version of normality. Um, I think there will be certain things that have changed. So sort of office environments, I think, will change. I think for right. probably another year, there'll be a mix of remote and office working. Um, right. And but slowly but surely, that'll get back to... I think relative normality um, and the same with most other things. I think the, 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 I suppose the proof that we can all work from home or a lot of people can right. work from home now is, mm-hmm. is, is proving to people that they don't necessarily need a lot of office space. So there'll be, there'll be more of that. And I think um, for, right. for, for, for those listeners of yours that, that commute into, into the office, 
there'll be there'll be hopefully be less of that because if we can work just as productively from home right. we don't need to come in at least as often as we did before which saves a rather unpleasant commute for 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 most people i think right. the the people who've been able to to pivot their business and, and move a lot of it online will, right. will continue to do well um and mm-hmm. as long as their product is still in demand they'll, they'll do well mm-hmm. on that side of things but i think over the next year or so we'll go back to what's very fairly similar to what it was pre-pandemic um or at least right. it will feel like that because we've been so used to the changes um right for us i think we'll continue doing what we're doing um we right. will it'll it'll most of the marketing we we do obviously at the moment is online but and that will continue right. but we'll go back to doing more offline stuff so as such as trade shows and and that type of piece right. uh, in terms of but hopefully the company will be a bit bigger um i hmm. don't intend to grow it to be anything huge um right. but it will grow to be a little bit bigger i think okay well that's amazing and that's incredible. So uh, what you're describing is uh, perhaps a new normal. It'll never go back to the way it was, obviously, uh, pre-pandemic. And so that kind of world is long and gone. And, and uh, I'm, it's curious how so many people who are working from home, they're going to continue to want to stay working from home. And they say that productivity is higher when people work from home. I think a lot of employers are seeing that and recognizing that. And um, obviously, um, I was speaking with one gentleman who told me that nothing could ever take the place of in-person communication, uh, since we're all sort of social animals. So there's obviously going to be a place for that. Obviously, when the trade shows come up, you'll be involved with that as well. Uh, And Bill Gates once said that it's okay to have high tech, but you still need to have the high touch, uh, which is uh, so important. And so I'm guessing, as you said before, it's going to be a mix of both. And uh, so... Uh, it's interesting, and I think someone um, also told me that there's o- there's always been this trend to do things remote, but what the pandemic did was it sort of sped up that trend maybe 10 years <laughs> in one shot, uh, which I hmm. believe to be totally true. And so uh, so the future, I, I think, is definitely going to come upon us soon. I think you mentioned it would be a, a one year um, that we have to wait until we're in that sort of new normal uh, phase what or whatnot. Now, I'm curious. Now, you obviously get a lot of great results for your clients, and I'm, I'm wondering, obviously there's a lot of firms out there that help uh, business owners with marketing and whatnot. Uh, so I'm curious, what stands you apart? What makes, uh, What is your competitive advantage, and, and what may make you more effective than a lot of the competition and whatnot? Um, I think the... The, the the thing that really makes me different from from a lot of other people and a lot of certainly a lot of other marketing agencies is that we really do look at what the what our clients need so whether it be online whether it be offline whether it's email pay per click seo mm-hmm. public relations whatever it is and develop the right, the right marketing mix for them mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. then on it's about then for the things that we don't do. So we're a MailChimp partner and we, we write a lot right. of content, but things mm. like PR and website builds and SEO, we don't do. But what I do okay. have around me is, is, is a team of specialists and, and other specialist companies that 
we can then we then call on to to deliver those parts of that that marketing mix and then our mm. job is to manage those people and manage mm. those suppliers rather than do it ourselves and i think there are there are lots of agencies out there that will tell you the best thing for them to do for the for you mm. to do is the thing that they sell um, okay. whereas actually a a multi-touch mix of marketing that's mm. that's managed delivers better results because people see you in lots of different places and obviously the more right. they're seeing you the more the brand is it drilled into your head in, into, the, sorry, right. into the customer's head the more they're likely to remember you at that point they need your services okay that seems interesting so it's sort of like you have a mix of different things and if they hmm. see you they see the website for the firm and then they see something offline uh, for the firm let's say a newspaper ad or whatnot um, obviously, uh, this helps for, uh, for them to kind of remember you when they need you. But I, I suppose, I, I think I was speaking to another marketing guy who said that it takes about seven or eight touches for a customer to buy or to really recognize you. And so it, it really helps to kind of hit them in all areas and whatnot um, yeah. as, many, as many times as you can. And so that's amazing. So obviously the things that uh, you don't specialize in, I think you mentioned SEO, you could act, I guess you can, um, sort of subcontract that out to a partner and whatnot, yep. and they they can uh, kind of help you. So you sort of have like you do a, a marketing mix of things, and you have a partnership with other firms, so you can help businesses and in, in any in any and every which way you can. Um, so that's amazing. Uh, so I, I can definitely see how you can obviously offer more services to a business uh, more so than let's say another marketing firm and whatnot. Um, now, you've probably helped many entrepreneurs and businesses excel and whatnot. Can you um, tell us uh, any of the most moving or entertaining stories from your life or career? Um, oh, where, 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 where could I go from there? Um, right. <laughs> think about it. So I'll go back a few years. This This story is actually from my time in in food retail so i okay. worked for one of the major supermarkets um one of so do you remember the spice girls yes i do from 90s yeah yes. so so one of the spice girls used to live just around the corner from one from the from the supermarket i worked in um wow and she popped in actually with one of the other girls and wow it was um just just after I think their third album from memory had come out, and so yeah. the the store manager had um, stopped because I'd spoken to them before. Um, they because so it, so Emma Bunter and sort of Baby Spice had said mm. that if she hadn't become a Spice Girl, she'd probably have been working on a till at Sainsbury's which would have made her one of my staff. Um, but, oh, wow. um, <laughs> so before that, we'd had a, I'd actually spoken to her one time she'd come in to see if we could actually, for charity reasons, actually get yeah. her to sit on a till. Yeah, to sit on a till and, and serve some customers and, and use that mm. to raise, raise money for, for one of the big charity mm -hmm. pushes. I can't remember which one it was. That, right. that unfortunately, that didn't happen, but... Mm. Um, so, so the, the time the next album came out, the, my store manager came up to me and was like, 
Nigel, Nigel, you know, you know, Emma and um, <laughs> and, right. and and Mel. Um, go, can you go and get my can go and get a copy of the CD signed? Um, right. Because <laughs> he wouldn't. He was the store manager. He wouldn't go up and sign it. I was like, really sorry, okay. Emma. You're right. Um, can can you autograph this copy of the, your CD for the store manager? Um, uh. Which was all very silly. Um, uh. And then I suppose one. And this this is much this is much more recent. It's probably two or three years ago. Um, mm. Talking to running a, a workshop for one of one of my clients who worked in the um, fintech space, right. and we were talking about the importance of when you're starting to think about your marketing and your advertising messages and everything else about the importance yeah. of thinking about it from the point of view of the customer. Mm. Yeah. So, what is it the customer needs? What is it the what is the problem the customer has that you're solving? And the more right. you think about it from the customer angle, the more effective your marketing and, and your advertising messages are going to be. So, if you just say we sell right. a widget, nobody's going to care. If you say this widget is going to help you solve this problem, they're going to listen more. And it was just right. it, we had we had one of the the shareholders in this business had had joined this this workshop and it was the first time I'd ever met him and we right. talked about this and he, he just went and he, he sort of just paused and just went I've never thought of it that way you're so right um, <laughs> yeah and it's and it, it's I'm, I'm not sounding big-headed or anything because lots of lots of other marketers will know that that's exactly the way you should be doing it but it was right. I think that was the first time that someone had just gone Oh yeah, um, in one of the right. workshops that we that we'd been doing. So that was that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing, and it actually it sounds so simple to think about mm-hmm. what you sell as a, a solution to a problem that you solve, and you basically sell the solution uh, to that problem. That's a great way of thinking about it. Yeah, because and, we get we, not, we yeah. get exposed to so many messages, and we get right. exposed to so many people saying we're the UK's best, we're America's best, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, right, get, and, right. it, and you get, you get very blase, but actually if you go, we're going to yeah. help you. We're going to solve this problem right. for you. It will, it works. Definitely. And so you're seeing a lot of people get hit with all these messages and they, I guess they become more skeptical and cynical about, yeah. uh, <laughs> about products and these firms that, that sell products and services. Everyone's saying that they're the best. And so you go at it from the angle of saying this is the problem that you solve or whatnot, and that mm. that resonates uh, with consumers more, and that's amazing. And mm. and and naturally, and thank you for sharing uh, this uh, your stories and the uh, the one about the Spice Girls was very interesting. <laughs> uh, my sister my sister loved them growing up um, and whatnot. So um, yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing it. Um, I'm I'm curious now. Obviously. As a business owner, uh, they say that it's great when you get to the point where you're relying mostly or solely on referrals. And obviously, that's not easy to do in the beginning when you're first starting out. Uh, I'm curious. Now, obviously, uh, we met through networking. And obviously, networking is very vital and key, uh, not just for entrepreneurs, but uh, also uh, people who are looking for a job or pe- uh, people who may have a job or are looking for a better job as, as no job nowadays is secure. Uh, I'm curious, what advice would you give to folks 
when it comes to networking and building relationships? Um, so what I would say in, in terms of that business development and growing your business side of things, you shouldn't ever rely purely on, on referrals. Yeah, you, referrals right. can be a really good source of business um, right. and, that, and, and can, be a, can be the majority of the, of the opportunities you get, but you shouldn't rely on them coming in. If you really want right. to grow your business, you need to look at other things. But if we concentrate mm. just on that, um, that networking thing, um, to me, there are, I suppose, four things to mm-hmm. to really look mm-hmm. at when you do meet with people whether it be online or whether it's or whether it's face to face listen to them first if you can right. yeah, get them to talk first because then you can you can adapt what you say right. to, to fit with, fit with them and tell them mm-hmm. stories yeah we all love stories we remember stories right and if you if you, if you, the more you're telling stories about how you've helped other people, the more they're right. going to remember them. So that, right. that would be the first, that would be the first stage, but don't monopolize at, at a networking event, particularly. Right. It's about moving it, the The event is about making that first touch and, and first connection. Right. So move right. around. Yeah. Five, 10, 15 minutes for somebody and then move on. Um, mm-hmm. the second and probably the most important piece is that follow up. Yeah. Mm. If you want to develop a relationship with somebody and if you particularly if you want them to buy from you, right. just because you've given them your business card and had a chat to them for 10 minutes doesn't mean they're going to become your best customer. Right. You've got to follow up. You've got to improve your knowledge of what they do and how they help their customers as, as right. well as help making sure they understand what you do. So that right. follow up is really, really important. And then continue to keep in touch. Yeah. One follow-up the, the week after you meet somebody at a networking event is not going to maintain that relationship. So you do need mm. to keep in touch with them on an ongoing basis for months and years. Mm. Um, and then the other piece, I suppose the final piece is that classic um, under-promise and over-deliver. So if, you're, right. if you say you're going to make an introduction, make sure you make that introduction. Yeah, If you say you're going right. to call them or send them something, make sure you do it. Right. And that's amazing. Um, thank you so much for that advice. Um, it's interesting how so many people, in, from my experience, um, they're not really networking to their fullest potential. And uh, you'd be surprised. I, I go to networking events and hardly anyone ever follows up with me. I'm the one <laughs> doing the, the follow-up. Uh, and I guess that's okay since I'm the one doing it. But it, it's interesting. And um, you said before that when you go to a networking event, and hopefully we'll be, that'll be starting up soon with the vaccine and whatnot, uh, yep. y- you basically let the other person talk and, yep. and obviously don't monopolize the conversation. <laughs> You'd be surprised if you let the other person talk how they think you're a great listener and a great conversationalist. And uh, so it's, it's interesting. And you mentioned it's important to tell stories, uh, stories about how you've helped other people. Uh, it goes back to the idea that you're, you're in the problem-solving business and whatnot. Yeah. And people love stories. And you mentioned, um, obviously, that first touch, the importance of follow-up and to stay in touch and for months, years, and whatnot. Now, for some people, that might be a little difficult. Like, how do you suggest that someone stay in touch? Obviously, they can send an email to do that first touch, 
Um, I like mm. the idea of mailing out a, a thank you card uh, and what, if you have the address and what you can send it out. It, it tends to have a big effect. But how do you suggest people stay in touch and keep in touch for months or, or whatnot? So, I, to be honest, there, it's, it, it's becoming easier and easier for us. Yeah. LinkedIn okay. is, is, a, is a brilliant tool, yeah, particularly in that B2B space. It's a brilliant right. tool. So there's, there's what there's 29 million people just in the UK on LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. Forgive me. I don't, I don't know the U S stat, um, but you can connect on there very, very easily. There mm. is, um, there's this thing called the phone. Um, yeah. and just remembering to give it, give somebody a call every now and again, catch up with them. Okay. It doesn't take long. It's, and it's, it is a discipline. It does need, you to dedicate it but i don't know, schedule something into your diary um put it in mm. so that you give somebody a call every couple of months or so um mm. add them to your mailing list with permission of course okay. um so right. over here we've got something called gdpr that to control what you can and can't do with people's personal data so you have to have permission mm. um mm. but as long as you've got permission to email them pop them on your mailing list that will help you keep in touch. Yeah, there's, there's the, the, the online tools that we've got today and phone mm. and bumping into people and meeting them. And once the pandemic's are, are sort of over, actually meeting for a coffee or a beer mm. Um, mm. is a very pleasant way to spend an hour, isn't it? So, um, so right. there really is, it's, it's just about committing to, I am going to keep in touch with these people. Some of them mm. won't. Some of them, some of them, you'll fall, will fall by the wayside. But the right. people that you're helping and and they're when they're helping you, you'll stay in touch. Mm. Yeah, I still get referrals from people I've known for ten or twelve years. Oh wow, that's wonderful because you stayed in touch, and that's yeah. so amazing. And it's uh, and thank you so much for uh, sharing this advice. I think it's incredible. Uh, so you're saying that people can uh, keep in touch and stay in touch for a long time, obviously through LinkedIn and other uh, social media platforms. So many people are on there and you can message them and maybe you can uh, uh, post certain things and they could see it there on the, I guess on the wall or newsfeed. And, and also you mentioned calling people on the phone uh, and speaking yep. with them. Uh, so important. Uh, and as well as having a mailing list, uh, it could, I guess it could be like an email list or an actual mailing list where you mail out a newsletter or whatnot. And yeah. you, um, so, you have, yeah. And, so I was going to say, uh, when, so whether, whether you're using sure. your, your Outlook or your Gmail or whether you're using something like MailChimp or Constant Contact, it's entirely right. up to you which you prefer, but they're great right. tools for keeping in touch. Definitely. And you said before that you have a, your, you have a partnership with MailChimp or – I'm curious. Um, yeah, so we're, I, I we're, yeah. Hmm. yeah, so we're a Mailchimp partner, which basically means we've we've got a lot of experience and we've 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 been certified by Mailchimp that we know what we're talking mm. about. Um, right. So we've got I don't know twenty clients at the moment that are on Mailchimp. Mm. Um, right. And we're we're regularly sending out contact for con, con, sending out campaigns to to promote their business, keep them in touch with people, um, mm. and, and increase their sales. Definitely. And it's interesting because you had mentioned earlier the idea of staying in touch with people 
or not necessarily staying into, but marketing in different avenues and venues. So people see it a lot and, and you say top of mind. So when they need your services, they can, uh, they can use them uh, or they'll remember to, to go to you and whatnot. Uh, so that's, that's incredible. And I can see how with email marketing that can, you know, they get every time they get the email, they're reminded of you and what you do and whatnot. Um, and you also mentioned in-person meetings and I guess this is very kind of critical because obviously we're all social animals and particularly after the pandemic's over, I think there's going to be a big, you're already seeing it now, even though it's a bit too early for people to do it, but there's a hunger for people to be around other people. And, uh, so, uh, obviously that in person is so important because even with LinkedIn and whatnot, they say nothing will ever take the place of in-person networking and communication. There's, there's just nothing like it, you know, and, so I think that's very critical. And you also mentioned the idea of under-promising and over-delivering, uh, which you hear this time and time again, but it's so true. Uh, obviously, say what, do what you say you're going to do. If you're going to make a connection uh, or an introduction email, do that. So I think that's so important in networking so people trust you and people see you as reliable that you, you do what you say. Uh, it sounds so simple, but it's very effective. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you so much for this critical uh, networking advice. Um, now, I'm curious, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in doing, uh, you know, essentially doing what you're doing, having their own business, being an entrepreneur? Now, it's very tough because here in the U.S., the failure rate for businesses is is very high, <laughs> so to speak. And w- what advice? What key advice would you give to entrepreneurs? Um. <laughs> Make sure you've got some money in the bank, um, or at least a, a revenue stream to tide you over. So, I, I I suppose I was unlucky. I I didn't start this business whilst working and build it up on, on the side. It was it was mm. a, a very sort of sharp cut off, um, and so the first couple of years were a bit painful. Um, if okay. you talk to my wife, they were probably a lot painful. Um, but you need to you need to make sure obviously you've got enough to 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 sort of to live on and, and pay the bills. Um, mm. Make sure that you I suppose you're prepared for those ups and downs. Yeah, if if you're right. if if you're someone who needs to be confident in if, if sort of that steady sort of I suppose lifestyle that steady revenue mm. piece sort of owning your own business certainly for the first period is is gonna is gonna be a, a shock for you right and and learn to learn to sort of learn to sort of look after and nurture your network around you you're gonna you're again mm. with that you're gonna you're gonna rely on a lot of different people um mm. some of them just as somebody to talk to yeah somebody mm. who you can <laughs> unload upon um, right. Yeah, because because it's stressful. It, it as they say, it's lonely at the top, and if if it's your business right. and you're the one person, it's even lonelier. Um, yeah. So you you need you you can have that that group of people around you. So and and sort of rely on those, but also also just make sure you're not just dumping on them that you're giving them time as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then just be prepared to work really really hard. Um, for a right. period of time to get things going, um, because it 
it's very rare that you're going to be entering into a completely new field. Um, right. And so you've got competition, you've got to get over that, I suppose, right. that perceived risk that's out there. Yeah, so right. particularly with new businesses, people look at you and go, well, you've only just started. How do I know you're going to be any good? Um, and all yeah, of that sort of yeah. thing. And, and so, and so it's, it's, it's difficult and it's hard work and you've got to get your story mm. straight. And you've got to have those stories behind you. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of really good things about running your own business. Like you said, there's no politics. You can do what right. you want to a certain extent. Um, right. But there is the downside where you've got, you're responsible for everything. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and it's, it's, it's not just a Monday to Friday, nine to five job. Um, yeah. So, so, but yeah, yeah. it's, it is great. Um, and yeah, get the experience. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing, there's nothing better than going out and working for somebody for a while. Ideally in this, in the, in the area you want to go into, go and get some right. experience first. Um, and, and then you, you've got, that'll help you build up the story bank that you want anyway. Um, and mm -hmm. actually show you what it's really like. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that advice. And yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, you got it. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. So many people have dreams of starting their own business or being a, a business owner. They don't take that leap of faith. Uh, and then when many do take that leap of faith, a lot of them don't succeed, unfortunately, but you're a small few. Uh, hopefully uh, this changes in the future and more and more people become successful at it. Uh, but uh, my hat is off to you because I know it's very difficult. I can only imagine starting your own firm, uh, and so many there's so many marketing firms out there and whatnot. And yeah, but you did it, and you persevered even through that period that was uh, painful for you. Uh, you were able to survive and whatnot. So uh, that's amazing. And and you did this without uh, the compliment of a. Of a, of a job, you said. You said that you had been cut off sharp, sharply and whatnot, and you had to do mm -hmm. it without full-time income coming in. Um, yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah, l l luckily my wife was working, um, so we, had, we okay. had money coming into the house. It just it took a little bit of time for it to be money that I was generating <laughs> coming into the house. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. But I, we, I, we've, been going, we've been going tough. for 10 years now, so we must be doing something right. <laughs> that's amazing that's incredible and she well obviously she um stood by you and gave you i'm guessing the encouragement and support that you needed during that that painful period which which is amazing uh and uh so uh, obviously there are probably a lot of women and, and spouses who who wouldn't stand for it obviously they would get really upset but um your wife was obviously very supportive which is amazing and whatnot and it's interesting how you said the first piece of advice you gave was to have money in the bank. And I can see why that's critical, particularly in the beginning stages when not a lot of money is coming in, where the, your business is just more so an idea in the beginning, but you have to make it real. And you, you also talked about the importance of having uh, people around you and having that network, uh, which is so critical. Um, these can be people that you vent to. <laughs> Yeah, and, or people, and you have, and you can listen to them for obviously for advice and whatnot. I think that's so critical, and those folks can also give you the encouragement you need, can give you key critical advice and feedback, uh, which which is amazing. 
And you mentioned that you had to work really hard. Um, obviously, you were working more than the standard 40, 50 hours a week. And uh, actually, I remember talking to one entrepreneur where he talked, when, when someone mentioned work-life balance, he laughed because it was, it, there was no life. It was just work, so to speak, when you're starting a business. And that's must, that must have been how it felt in the beginning. Uh, so until, obviously, clients come in and whatnot. And, and you don't have a lot of experience, so people have to sort of trust you uh, without you don't may not having the track record, and so to speak. So um, I, I can only imagine how tough it was. But you were able to grind it out, and my hat is off to you. Uh, that's why Thank people you. like yourself, entrepreneurs, fascinate me so much and deeply and inspire me so much. Um, so thank you again for sharing your story. And, and I'm curious now, what what advice uh, would you give to business owners and entrepreneurs who are who are looking for help in marketing? Now, obviously, they can come to you, which I think is a great decision. <laughs> but let's say, let's say uh, you're on vacation or uh, let's say your, your hands are full or you're, you're, uh, and whatnot and you're dealing with a lot of clients already. Um, so in general, uh, uh, let's say they're based in another country, not the United Kingdom or whatnot, and you're not, you don't, may not have a presence there yet. What advice would you give to firms who need help in this area? What should they do? How should they look for someone like yourself? Um, so if, if they're looking for, for somebody to work from, I, I suppose there are three things really to, to sort of look at. So firstly, look at their previous work. Yeah, evidence yeah. That, that they can deliver on their promises, whether it be case studies, right. testimonials, product reviews, whatever it is, look at their work um, and, and see whether, one, they've got experience in your, in your sector now, mm-hmm. marketing, marketing is marketing is marketing is marketing. Yeah, it, it, right. it, the core is the same. It doesn't matter what industry it's in. The individual right. tools that you use, whether it be advertising, pay-per-click, social media, SEO, trade shows, whatever, that marketing mix will change depending on what right. the product is, depending on what the service is, depending on, mm. to an extent, which country you're in. Um, right. But the core activity is, is, is absolutely the same. Um, but so, so look at their work, look at what they've done before. Um, I suppose the second piece is, can you get on with them? Yeah, are they mm. somebody that, that you will listen to, that you'll respect, that is similar to you? Mm. Yeah, mm. then they, they, you, need to, you need to build a relationship because marketing doesn't happen overnight. Um, mm. the, the successes will, will be X period down the line. So you need to be working with them and have that relation, working relationship with them for a period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece, I suppose that is, is what I just mentioned slightly, but you need to respect them. I think you need mm. to, to have a respect for, for that supplier because mm-hmm. sometimes they're going to, ha- they're going to tell you things you don't want to hear. Mm. Um, we, so we, we do some graphic design within, within the, within the, for our customers, our clients. Um, and every now and again, we, we do some, a piece of work and they go, I don't like it. And right. you, you, you sometimes have to push back and go, well, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter whether you mm. like it because you're not the customer. Right. So, and so you, ha- you sometimes have those difficult conversations that you need to put mm. across. Um, and it may be, as another example, that actually they're, they're not doing what they've promised to do. So whenever we take on a whenever we take on a new client, obviously we need to get to know what they're all about, what their knowledge, their expertise is, mm. and if we're producing content, so articles and blogs and that type of thing for them, we need mm. their knowledge. Whether it be they write the first draft and then we tidy it up, or whether they give us a whole bunch of bullet points. Mm. If they don't do that bit, we can't do mm. our job. Yeah, so, wow. and we need to be able to push back and go, oi, come on, keep up. Um, and so we need to be able, we need to be able to have those conversations. Right. And, and sometimes it is, like I said, something you may not want to hear, but you've right. got to respect them. You've got to respect those suppliers, um, whatever it's doing, whether it's marketing, legal, HR, whatever it is. So those, I suppose mm. those are the three. Look at their previous work. Look, mm. use a supplier that you that you believe you can get on with. So you, it's that no like and trust piece, yeah. and then make sure you, that you that you respect them because you're employing them for their knowledge, and it's knowledge you don't have within your business. Right, and that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that um, advice. And and you know it must have been, you know your first piece of advice was that they should look at the track record or whatnot. And, yep. uh, and look at their work. And I, obviously that would be difficult for, uh, for folks like yourself in the beginning who didn't really have a track record in the beginning. So my, I commend you even more on that. <laughs> it must have been really tough in the beginning when you didn't but have what a you can of do, yeah. yeah, But what you can do there is just because you're a new business doesn't mean that you don't know what, that you haven't been doing that for, for, for many, many years. Okay. Yeah, so right. I I was I was marketing for small businesses for mm. seven or eight years before I started SME Needs. So oh, okay. I've got the knowledge, I've got the experience, mm. and I could tell stories about what I did before. Yeah, it's just that I was oh, spending okay. somebody else's money and they were paying me a salary rather right. than me running my own business. But I was still doing what I was then doing for for my clients, mm-hmm. and it's the same mm-hmm. for other small for people who start their own business. Most people go into a business or start their own business because it's something they're passionate about. It's a hobby mm. that they've turned into a business. So they, mm. and they've got that passion and knowledge and skill there. Or mm. it's, they've worked for many, many years in, in a company doing what they want mm. to do as, as, their, as their own boss. And so they mm. can talk about previous history and previous experiences. Mm. But obviously, it's it's just under somebody else's under somebody else's name rather than under their name. Mm. Okay, so I see you still had close to a decade's worth of experience in that in that realm prior to starting the business. So I I, yeah. I see what you mean there. And so the um, obviously, so for folks who are entrepreneurs who need help in the marketing area, obviously they should look at the track record at at the work uh, that's previously been done. Uh, by the marketing firm, and the second thing you mentioned was how you, you know you have to get on with them, you have to trust them, you have to know like know like a trust. Again, that's very key. Uh, perhaps maybe they're similar, as you mentioned, uh, and so similarities tend to help to 
breed that uh, that trust. And and also the uh, the third thing is obviously the respect. Um, you have to follow what they say. Uh, they know more about marketing uh, than the entrepreneur who's seeking help. And so, and, and you have to have a lot of difficult conversations and you have to have that posture. You, you mentioned pushing back uh, and you have to stand your ground, so to speak. And I imagine you've probably had some conversations where uh, you probably had to reject a client or end a, uh, uh, maybe a partnership because they weren't doing uh, what you had advised or perhaps you also mentioned that there's homework they have to do and they have to submit that homework in, uh, in, in order for you to do your job and I'm sure you've probably had a lot of tough conversations because we, we all know business owners can be uh, a lot of them have a type A personality and can be very <laughs> tough to deal with <laughs> and that's why they're in business so to speak they, they're, uh, you know, they, they want to be in control and whatnot. And so I can imagine some conversations probably were very difficult, um, but you still have to be kind of assertive and to stand your ground. So that's amazing. Uh, so and, and and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it is best just to to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, but if you have to, then that make it clear. Don't 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 burn those bridges. Yeah, cause, because because right. they they could come back. Um, just because right. something oh, didn't true. work that time um, doesn't mean that it can't work in the future. Right. So, yeah, so you're saying the client could either come back and say, hey, you're right, I'll, I'll change my ways and I'll do what you say, or maybe they have a referral to give you, so you still want to keep that bridge intact, yeah. so to speak, when you walk away, I, I suppose. Um, so definitely, um, thank you so much for that advice. And um, I'm curious, in addition, uh, you mentioned a lot of important life lessons already the importance of perseverance and, and networking and whatnot. Um, are there any other life lessons that you've learned yourself or from others along the way that you wish to share with us? Um, yeah, I, I've, I've got it. I've got a couple. Um, one of which was, was given to me very early on. Um, Mm-hmm. And and it and it took time and actually it's from from somebody I've I've kept in touch with so that networking piece so I've mm-hmm. I is a guy called Phil Shipley he's a he's a dear mm-hmm. friend of mine and a connection unfortunately he's 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 not well at the moment he's been in hospital with with COVID oh. um so I'm I'm wishing him all the best for for, mm-hmm. for recovering from there but he mm-hmm. turned around to me um not long after I started the business and said. The only thing stopping me from charging, I think the figure was £750 a day at the time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is having the balls to do it. Wow. Yeah. And so if you, basically, I think he's saying, if you believe in yourself um, and you you want to earn a certain figure, you go, okay, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to earn and this is what I charge. As long as you, as long as you can sort of, justify and and deliver the results that that people want for that sort of money you you mm. just got to have the confidence to do it because when mm. i first started i was trying to work in what do i need to charge um mm. and it was a lot lower mm. than that um was was my first wow. thoughts um but now phil phil was like you need to mm. you need to charge a decent amount because and again that actually from the from the customer point of view Actually, the more you charge, people will say, "He must be good." Yeah. Because if you if you if you're charging 150 quid, 200 quid a day, people are going, "He's not very good." 
But if you're charging mm, yeah. six fifty, seven fifty, a thousand pound a day, they're going to look at him and go, "Yeah, he must be good." Um, right. And so it, it helps in that way as well. So, so absolutely, yeah. So you, you work out a figure and, and charge for it, and as long as you're confident behind it and can deliver, mm. you can charge what mm. you like. Wow, um, that's amazing. So that that was one piece um and then the other is 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 that knowing what you don't know yeah you don't know everything none of us know everything um mm. but once you and and you need to be prepared to admit that you don't know it uh, but then mm. go and find somebody who does okay definitely and i well you do that already you mentioned before that when it comes to things like seo i believe you do have a partner that you sort of sub, uh, uh, you kind of hand things off to to help with clients yeah. to help clients. Um, so that's so yeah, that's amazing advice um, to know what you don't know and figure that out to, so you can know it or you can help them in some other way. And you mentioned uh, the advice given to you by your uh, colleague Bill, and I hope he gets well soon. I'll keep him in my prayers and whatnot. I know it's tough uh, when you have the disease, and so. He told you that it's important uh, to charge what you think you're worth, what you are worth, yep. and, and to have the courage to do so. And that's amazing. And so, uh, th- again, thank you for that. Now, I'm curious, what uh, – I'm sure you're someone who's read a lot of books on marketing or perhaps personal development or, or just books in general. Um, what key book recommendations would you, would you give to folks or guru uh, recommendations or whatnot? <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't read – a lot of the sort of the, the business books. Um, okay. I I've I've got a load of them. Um, I, I'm I'm staring at them now. Um, I've I've got a number of them. I think I've read at least part of some of them. Um, but particularly because I work in that small business space, mm-hmm. a lot of the books are written for for people going into a corporate space and, and, of, and okay. in an environment that is, that is very much big business and corporate. So, mm. so yeah, I don't, I don't read a, a lot of them. One, one book, okay. however, that I do, that I have, I've, I have read and I do dip back into every now and again is, um, is a book called marketing judo. Okay. Um, and I, I think it, it, it grabbed my attention because I used to do judo. I used to play judo when I was younger. Wow. Um, and that probably grabbed my attention, but it's about almost sort of following the sort of some of the sort of judo principles in terms of like using the opposition's weight, for example. So if, mm. if you're competing against a bigger, um, a bigger company, they're a lot slower in movement and you can be agile and nimble and, and things like this. So, so that, that I do, that I do recommend it's, um, it's by a couple of people called John Barnes and Richard Richardson. So it's a book called marketing judo. Wonderful. Don, thank you so much for that. And I'm curious, would you ever uh, write a book yourself about your life or marketing or ever start a podcast? Cause you seem very knowledgeable on the subject of, of marketing and whatnot. Do you do any of that interesting? <laughs> Writing a book? No. <laughs> no, I've got um I'm not sure one whether it would be very interesting even if if I had the talents to write a book. Um a, a friend of a friend of the family one of my wife's uh, university friends, she's actually on her 
third book. Um, okay. And just listening to her about the sort of the trials and tribulations of writing a book. I'm going, no, I don't want to do that. I'm busy enough as it is. Um, mm. Will I start a podcast? Possibly. Um, okay. I do. I do an infrequent one with 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 somebody else, a lady called Laura McCarry, and we look okay. at sort of business issue podcasts. Um, we've done how many have we done? A couple of dozen, something like that. Um, but we do those relatively infrequently. And whether I will start up a, an SME Needs or a Nigel Davy podcast. Mm-hmm. Possibly, but only really when I'm when I'm confident that I can stick to it mm-hmm. and right. deliver it on a on a consistent and long term basis. I think what's that? I think the the average is eight yeah. before people stop. Um, yeah. So so it, it is a commitment that you you know it you've you we're yeah. taking part in one now you've got to record yeah. it and you've got to edit it and everything else so there's a lot of work yeah. involved um and it's it's whether i can commit to that alongside everything else um right is is whether i'll make whether i'll do one or not definitely and obviously you're very busy so doing these kind of ventures is tough but uh, if you were ever to write a book or to uh to start a podcast even the one you do now i'm definitely going to partake and and listen to it. So you have at least one listener and one customer. So you have to start. <laughs> Thank somewhere. you. I'll send you a link. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate that. And so this has been a great conversation. Um, can you go ahead and describe all the ways that um, people can get in touch with you and connect with you if they want or know someone who uh, can utilize uh, your services or if they just want to put a successful center of influence in their network? Okay. Yeah. So I'm on, obviously I'm on LinkedIn um, I'm on Twitter, so SME, SME underscore needs is my, my, my Twitter address. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find the website, which is um, smeneeds.co.uk, um, mm-hmm. or give me a call. Um, the, the phone number is on the website, and, of course, my email address, uh, nigel.davey, D-A-V-E-Y, at smeneeds.co.uk. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list all that information in the episode description box so people can see it and read it there. All right. So it'll be right there. Um, I want to go ahead and thank you uh, for coming on to be a guest on the show. I know you're a very busy man, so I I really appreciate it. And I definitely would love to stay in touch. And I want to thank um, everyone in the audience for listening. I'm sure they learned quite a lot from this conversation. Again, I want to thank you so much, Nigel. And for everyone, uh, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you and bye-bye. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, And that will help uh, to spread the word about the show and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So 
uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, that would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.